Good morning. How are y'all doing today? This is a good morning to be alive. I'd like you to open to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. How many of y'all been following along in Proverbs, reading a proverb a day? Let me see your hand. Three people. My goodness. Well, you know what? It's time to catch up. We're in chapter 8 of Proverbs, and I have been enjoying it so much. It's just been so good. God has so much wisdom he wants to share with us. It's in here. It's in the Word. That's where it is. So as we open the Word this morning, let's pray about it. Father, I just ask as we open your Word, you'd open our hearts. You'd prepare our hearts for wisdom. And God, there is no wisdom like yours. Your wisdom is perfect. And I just ask that our hearts would be prepared to receive your wisdom and to be transformed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as we start, let's go to the, verse, the, the first verse of Proverbs chapter 8. But before we get there, the first point I want to make is wisdom listens. Have you ever had a friend who talks even out of their elbows? You, you almost wonder, breathe, breathe. I had a friend like that that was my neighbor in Mexico City. She lived right across the street from us. And if you came across her, you knew she was going to talk. You'd almost go, breathe, breathe, breathe. You can do it. Breathe. She just talked, talk, 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 talk. And you, you just had to sit there and listen. But she didn't know how to listen. And sometimes I think that's how we are with God. You know, prayer is not just about talking. Prayer is about listening. And listening is very important when we're in prayer. Listening. There's different people we listen to. In chapter 7 of Proverbs, if you're following the schedule, you would notice in there that there's a woman that's calling and Proverbs calls her a prostitute. And he says, this woman is calling and this woman calls from the darkness, from the shadows. She calls enticing and she's calling to deceive. She calls from the secret places. When we get to chapter 8, wisdom begins to call. And let me show you in verse 1. Read it with me. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop. You notice the difference there? Wide open places. Wisdom always calls from wide open places. The deceiver calls from the darkness. 
from hidden places. The deceiver calls from the darkness in the bad places. There's things that wants to speak into our lives that we need to listen to God and be very careful that we're listening to wisdom. But listen to this. It says along the hilltop, along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads by the gates at the entrance to the town. On the road leading in, she cries aloud, I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people, use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Wisdom is calling. And wisdom always calls from wide open places, from public places, at the crossroads. It's very interesting to me at the crossroads. How many of y'all need wisdom when you come to a crossroad? Should I go this way? Should I go that way? Should I go back? Should I go foot? This is a crossroad. And if we listen, wisdom is calling. And wisdom wants to, us to do the right thing at the right time. The greatest relationship we could ever have is with God. And as we study this, we listen to God's wisdom. For it's, it's found in the book. It's found in the Bible. The wisdom of God is portrayed to us. And he speaks to our hearts. He speaks to our lives. Did you hear the voice of wisdom this last week? I know first service has a real problem with this. But y'all that are in second service, you've got it made. You've had a little more time to listen to God this morning while you're all by yourself at home and you came already with wisdom. I know as I was growing up, there was people I listened to that I shouldn't have listened to. Y'all have that? Friends, quote unquote, got me into trouble. And it wasn't all their fault. I listened. I know y'all wouldn't, but I did. Hey, why don't you sneak out of your house at one o'clock in the morning and we'll meet in certain place and we'll go out and party. Now think about this. I was a teenager. I know y'all went through that too. I was a teenager and I began to listen to my friends and I would crawl out of my window that was on a second floor, go across this roof, grab this light post that had steps on it and go down and run out in the street. And nothing ever good came out of it. Nothing. And I'd listen to my friends and get into trouble. There's other things we listen to too. Have you listened to yourself a lot? Oh, self is very devious. I want what I want when I want it, where I want it, and I want it now. Have you ever talked to yourself that way? Oh, no, I'm sure you didn't. I did. Selfishness raises its ugly head. The Bible calls that flesh, and the flesh talks to you a lot. Ooh, did you see? Ooh. I want, I want, I want, I want. Does flesh do that to you? Oh, we listen too. 
But when God speaks, are we listening? You know, I heard a man say two or three weeks ago, if you listen to the news all day long, if you listen to the radio all day long, you, are, you have a self-inflicted depression. Have you all listened to the news lately? This is bad, that's bad, that's worse. That's really bad. Chicago, really bad. New York, terrible. And you look at all these things going around and you even get mad. Oh, those people, why do they do those things? Ah. Boy, if I was around, if I was Superman, boy, I'd take care of this. Guess what? You're not. And guess what? If you listen to the world, it's a very easy way to get depressed. Very easy, because everything's going bad. But if we listen to God, there's a different perspective on life. And it's called God's wisdom. Do you know that God has everything under control? Do you know he has it in his hands? He don't need Superman, and you're not Superman. You need God. And let me tell you, everything in this life is going to work out good because you're walking with God. Wisdom trusts God. Wisdom listens to God. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Here, here's the secret. Faith cometh by and hearing. Oh, oh, let's do that again. Faith comes by if you're having problems hearing, it's because you're not in the word of God. Because hearing comes by this word, right here. God never talks to me. Open the book. It's as simple as that. Open the book. He wants to talk to your heart. There's things he wants to impart to you that is wisdom. Hmm. The Passion Translation. I love this. If you notice, this is the Passion Translation. But I love this. Chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says this. My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within you will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Train your heart to listen. In other words, listening requires training. And it's the training of the heart and the training of the spirit within us that we have got to be disciplined in. Have you ever heard a voice in your head? First thing that comes up, was that God? Was that me? Or was that the devil? Who's talking? We need to have right discernment. We need to know the voice of the Lord. The best way to know the voice of the Lord is to get in the word of God. Read it, study it. 
Love it. Love the word. And there's something else here. It says, then pass it on. Pass it on to your sons and daughters. Your son, your daughter, who should they learn? Who should they learn to follow in the footsteps of God? They should learn to worship because they see daddy worship. They should learn to worship because they see mama worshiping. They should learn to pray because they see their father in prayer. They should learn to pray because mama prays. They should learn to be in the word of God because mama and papa are in the word of God. Isn't that what it says here? Wisdom is this. You listen to God, you apply it, and then you pass it on. Whoa. Pass it on. Pass it on. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 6. Wisdom is talking. He says, listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There's nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Treasure. Have you ever spent time treasure hunting? Oh, yeah. How many of y'all even bought a metal detector? I wonder what it is. And you sit there and you dig it out. And it's just this old belt buckle from 1822. No, it's just an old nothing. And you sit there and you go, I'm going to find a treasure. Nothing. But we spend our life booking for treasure. We spend our life, let's go Gold panning, panning for gold. And we go up the mountains, we hike for hours, we get up there all tired out and we pan and we pan and we pan and we pan and we pan. Oh, there's a sliver in the bottom of the pan and it's bright and shiny and you pull out this little speck and you spend a whole day for a speck. But in here it says, listen to me. My advice is better than rubies. My words are better than gold. My words are life for you. It's a treasure that keeps on giving. Listen to wisdom. Listen to wisdom. When I was growing up, my mom and my dad had wisdom. They were people that feared God. And they would speak wisdom to me. Now, Tim, this is what you need to do. And Tim was a stubborn, I know y'all weren't when you were growing up. Y'all never disobeyed. Y'all always walked real straight, right down the straight and narrow. There you went. No, I was 
Not that way. Stubborn dude. The things mom and dad would teach me, I'd say, what if they're wrong? Let me go try. It's like the little, little boy comes in. Mama's cooking on the stove. She says, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Is it really? Oh, it's hot. That's how we are. God is speaking wisdom to our hearts. He's speaking to us, but we don't want to listen. First part of wisdom is learn to listen with your heart. Let it get down into your spirit, for then life comes out. Second L, lead others. You know, as we were talking about the fathers here leading their children, if you find wisdom and if you embrace it, then you can lead others. Lead others. There's always people listening to you. Have you ever stopped to look who's following? Ever stopped? When I was growing up, I, I have a little sister. She's one year younger than I am, and she would follow me around. And I taught her some good things and some <clears throat> not so good things. I taught my little sister to smoke. I know y'all never did anything like that, but I did. I taught my little sister to smoke. Wow. That was really good. No, it wasn't. The problem is my little sister had a heart condition. And she started smoking, and it really went bad. She had to get off it really quick. So I taught her some bad things. No wisdom up here. The light wasn't on. Big, tall building, but no lights are on. It's dark in there. You know, when we get wisdom in here, the light comes on. Oh, that we would understand, Paul says, that we might be enlightened by God to know who we are in him. That we might be enlightened with the wisdom of God to trust and walk with him. Enlightened. Who's following you? And if somebody is following you, are you leading them upward or downward? Where are you going? This is so important. We need to have that, people that lead other people with common sense. Those are two words that are very lacking sometimes. Common sense. Do you know somebody that has common sense? They're very far between. I know this person that has a master degree in accountability. This person is a public accountant. But you ask something that's common sense, there's a blank stare. It's like it never dawned. 
And one of the things about wisdom is common sense. Common sense. What does the Bible say? Proverbs 8, 12 through 16. I, wisdom, stop right there. I want you to notice something. Wisdom is a person. If we read the Bible, we find out that wisdom is Jesus. He is called the wisdom of God. Wow. Jesus is the wisdom of God. It says, I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. Huh. You ever done something that wasn't good judgment? Let's see if this car will do 140 in this little dip. Whoops, there comes Mr. Cobb. And all of a sudden these lights come on and he's right behind you. And all of a sudden you owe some money. Bad judgment. Did you learn? Oh, I hope so. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Good judgment is always linked with wisdom. Wisdom transforms the heart and changes our thoughts and gets into our spirit and leads us in the right way. It's different. Common sense begins to come to us. Success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign, rulers make decrees, rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgment. Great leaders always lead with wisdom. If we look in the past of this nation, there's been some great leaders that have led with wisdom. And then there's been leaders. You know what I mean. In Mexico, we had a president that robbed the nation blind. Just robbed the nation blind. He became very wealthy. But after he was president, about 20 years later, he died. The only people that showed up to his burial was a woman he was hanging around with and the reporters. But the nation, they didn't show up. Why? He wasn't a wise leader. He was a thief and a robber. And the whole nation ignored his death. It's kind of like saying, good riddance to that man. And then there's others that are wise. In Mexico, we had a man named Benito Juarez. Very simple. When he became president, he would act with wisdom. And the things that he established in the nation are blessing the nation to this day. In America, we've had the same. There's been people that have led and have blessed many. And then there's been people that have led that have not blessed many. Who are you leading? And are you blessing them? Are you taking them forward? 
This is what John C. Maxwell says. He's a leadership coach. John Maxwell wrote, the ultimate test of leadership is creating positive change, developing the leader within you. Are we leading others to a positive change? Let me tell you something. The greatest positive change you and I can influence on others is an encounter with Jesus. There is no change like the change that we have when we come face to face with Jesus and the heart changes. Can you remember that day? Can you remember that day when your heart changed because you had an encounter with God? John Maxwell goes on to say, here is a gauge of a leader that's in trouble. This is a leader that's in trouble. Number one, he lacks poor understanding of people. Are all people the same? No. We can't make a blanket judgment on everybody. We need to understand people. How do you understand people? Walk with them a while. Talk with them a while. Good leaders talk with people. They're around people. They understand people. Second thing, a poor leader lacks imagination. Do you like people with imagination? I used to tell my kids stories when they were young. I told them a story of Che Mapache. That's a muskrat. I named him Che. And I'd tell them stories about this muskrat. Oh, they loved it. They loved it. I didn't vend them. You know that good leadership has good imagination, uses it for good? Third thing that a leader, a bad leader has, he doesn't deal with personal problems. I know y'all don't have any problem. Y'all just are so good. <clears throat> no problems at all. I mean, you never get angry. You never talk bad to anybody. You're just so good. Guess what? None of us are there. We all have to learn to deal with personal problems. That means we have to face them. If you have a personal problem, it ain't going to go away by itself. You've got to deal with it. And you have to ask God to help you deal with it. Here's another one. A man that is not a good leader passes the buck. That doesn't mean he takes out a dollar and gives it to some. No, that's not what it means. It means he's never at fault. It's always so-and-so's fault or so-and-so. Well, that's because so-and-so did this or that. He never says, that's my problem. He just passes the buck. Here's another one. He's not organized. My wife is the most organized person you ever met. We're going to be going on vacation in about a week. She has lists upon lists of where we're going, what we're eating, who's going here, who's going there, what car we're taking. What She's got lists. She is so organized, you look at the list and go, uh, 
She knows what we're going to buy for food while we're away. We're going to be staying at this big house. And she put down a list of things we're going to buy for food. And, and you look at the list and you go, oh, yeah. She's got lists of who's cooking what, who's doing what, when they're doing it, where we're going, how come. And you look at it and go, whoa. Me? No, I'm not organized like that. I'll take it a day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking from you. Organization. You know, the Bible talks about being organized. Here's another one. Flies into rages. <clears throat> I know there's nobody here that ever gets mad. A bad leader has rages in his life. A good leader has learned to subdue his anger by the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only one that can subdue your anger. Here's another one. Fights change. Oh, man. How many of y'all like tradition? Now you can't all say that. Especially as you get older. There's certain habits we have we don't want to change. We don't want to get uncomfortable. We want it to be the same forever. You walk into the room and your wife has changed where your shoes are. What a tragedy. Where did my shoe? They're supposed to be right here. Oh yeah, I took them over to the other room because I cleaned them out and I'll bring them back. Change. Do you know that a good leader likes change? If you aren't changing, you're staying the same. If you're staying the same, you're not growing. Change. Lastly, the bad leader has no team spirit. He doesn't work as a team. He works all by himself. How many of you all know that we're better? Let's try that again. <clears throat> How many of y'all know that we're better? Yeah. Together. That's right. We're a team. It's called the church of the living God. And each one of us has a place. Each one of us should be doing something in the church serving. Third thing I want to talk about. The third L of wisdom is love. Love others through God's Wisdom, love. And let me tell you something. There is no way we can love others if we haven't learned to love God first. Two words that don't go together. Passionless Christianity. Passionless Christianity. If you're not passionate about the God, there's something wrong. You can't read the Bible without noticing that all those that serve the Lord had a passion for him. They had something in their hearts. They had a passion for God. Proverbs 8:17 says this, "I love all who love me, and those who search will surely find me." Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit 
is the igniter of a passion for God. If you're lacking passion in your relationship with God, say, Holy Spirit, help me. Oh, he's so good about it. My dad used to call him the Holy Cupid of God. You know, Cupid's the guy that runs around with the arrow and the bow. You know, when he, he's supposed to shoot somebody with it and all of a sudden that somebody goes, oh, I'm in love. Oh, I'm in love. But you know what? That happens to us with God. The Holy Spirit of God comes into our heart and into our life and he shoots us with a holy arrow and all of a sudden we're in love with God. You remember when you first came to God? You remember when you first came to Jesus? You would go to every single service. Fact is, even though you were a man, you'd try to go to the women's meetings because you're in love. I want to hear more about God. I want to have a passion for God. We begin to seek. We begin to look. We begin to knock. Oh, we're seeking for God. And there's a passion in our life to find him. If there is no passion to God or towards God, something's wrong. It's time to come back to a passion for God, to a love for God. Charlotte Baker, a great lady of God, should come and preach in the church in Dallas every once in a while. But she has this comment. Listen up. God does not reveal himself to casual inquirers, but diligent seekers. Diligent seekers. Those are those that are passionate for God. And they have decided that every day of their life, they're going to seek God. And if you think God is going to run out of more things to give you or to show you, you're wrong. God is so good. He is so great. You will never run out of things to learn from him. He is good. He is a good God. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 18. Listen to what he says. I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold. Even the purest gold, my wage is better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth and will fill their treasuries. And now a lot of you are thinking, oh, gold, yeah, I want that. Silver, come on. There's a greater wealth than gold and silver. It's the knowledge of God. Do you know what the state seal of Arizona? The state seal of Arizona has written on it, Ditat Deus. That's the state seal. Ditat Deus. That means God enriches. Wow. Did you know, did you know that you live in a state that thinks that God is the only one that enriches? They got that right. 
God is the one that brings us riches. Untold wealth come from him. And it's not dollars and cents. That can come too. But it is a knowledge of God that touches our heart and changes our heart and we begin to love others with a heart from God. Number four. The fourth L of wisdom is learn. Learn. If you ever think you came to a place where you can't learn something new, you're in trouble. Learn. You know, God has so many things to teach us. We've got to be in school all our life to learn from God, to understand God. I love this in in Genesis. Genesis is always telling us about the beginnings of this world. And as you go into Genesis, in the beginning was the... No, that's John. In the beginning was God. And John says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Who was he? Jesus. But there's something that I really love in Genesis. When creation starts in Genesis, the Father says, let there be light. And the sun popped up. No. The moon came. No. It wasn't the sun. It wasn't the moon. What is he talking about? If you look at the scriptures, when he said, let there be light, he didn't create the light. If you look at the old Greek, he called the light and the light came forward. That light was the light of wisdom. That light was the light of knowledge. That light was the light of understanding. He was the light of discernment. The light of God. And you don't know what his name is? Jesus. He is the light of wisdom. He's the light of understanding. Look at Proverbs 8, 22 through 26. The Lord formed me from the beginning. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past. At the very first, before the earth began, I was born. Before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills, I was born. Before he made the earth and fields and fistfuls of soil. Wow. His name is wisdom. His name is Jesus. Verse 27, Proverbs 8. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there. When he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries, and when he marked off the earth's foundation, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created. How I rejoiced with a human family. I'm going to have to read that from the the Passion Translation. 
Because it gives me a revelation of the relationship that the father and the son had. Listen to this. This is what it says. Daily, he was filled with delight in me. Oh, have you ever thought that the father delights in you? Daily? Think about it. This is the relationship between Jesus and the Father, but Jesus came to show us the right relationship with the Father. And he wants you and me to be the delight of the Father. That's why he wants us to spend time together with the Father. I want to be the delight of the Father. And then it says, as, a, as I playfully rejoiced before him. I laughed and played. How do you like that for a relationship? I've got a granddaughter. In case y'all didn't know that. The most beautiful granddaughter there ever was. I'm sorry y'all can't have her. She's mine. She's the most beautiful little girl and there is no greater joy than to laugh and play with her. Is that right? Now, some of y'all may have children, may have grandchildren. Do you enjoy laughing and playing with them? Hmm. Now, as grandparents, you can spoil them rotten. Mom and dad can take care of them later, but I'm gonna spoil them rotten. Think about this. The relationship we need to have with our father is that of laughing and playing together. That's what it says in Proverbs. I was so happy, I playfully rejoiced before him. I laughed and played. This is Jesus talking to his father. Sometimes our relationship with God is so boring. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for the food. Oh, I'm not eating. We have this concept, we, we have this concept of our relationship with God that's so boring. But if we look in the scriptures, it's got to be different. And God wants us to learn a right relationship with him. And it's one of great joy. There's laughter in the presence of God. There's laughter. There's fun. You ever been around somebody that is no fun? That's not God. He's fun to be around. He wants you to laugh and to play in his presence. There's one thing I desire to hear, and that is the laughter of the Father. Hmm. The day we hear the laughter of our Father Oh, what a day. The Father wants to laugh with you.
The Father wants to play with you. The Father wants to have a relationship with you that's so alive and so good and so full of life. And we need to learn it. We need to learn it. Before the worlds were created, the Father and the Son laughed and played together. And then he says something really interesting. I loved the human family. The human family. You know, God loves you. God loves you with such an extreme love. He enjoys your company. He enjoys your company. Why do we hide from him? Do you know that revival starts when the hearts of the fathers go back to their children? And then the hearts of the children go back to the fathers. There is no revival like the revival this nation is going to see when we understand the love of the Father and when our heart goes back to Him. We need to learn to love again. We need to learn in our relationship with God that it's a joy and it's a passion. Let's skip rope with him. Hmm. I don't know if I could do that now. Getting older. Let's jump up and down with him. Let's rejoice in his presence. Let's make our relationship alive. That's what God wants. As you're sitting there, I'm going to ask you a question. And it's a question I have to ask myself. How's my relationship with God? What's it look like? Has it become dull and boring? Have I lost my passion? Have I lost my passion for God? There's only one way to renew it. Come back to God. Come back to God. Sit at his feet and learn. And God's giving us an invitation this morning. It's an, an invitation full of wisdom. Come back to me. Come back. It's time to put your heart back on me. I've got my heart on you. My heart and my passion is you. It's time that your heart and your passion was me. And as you're sitting right there, I want you to make a decision of your life. And this is the decision. I will return to God with a passion.
Maybe you don't know God. And you've never had an encounter with him that's changed your heart. It's as simple as ABC. A, we need to admit we're away from God. And we're sinners in the sight of God. And we need to come to him and be, believe, believe in God with all our heart. We need to confess, see, our sin and our faults before him. And oh, wrap your arms around him and fall in love again. And if you've been drawn away from your passion to God, let me tell you this morning, it's time to come back. It's time to come back. Let's pray. God, I just ask, in the name of Jesus, that you draw us back to you. Just touch, touch us. Touch us. And draw our hearts to you. And God, we will be drawn. For there is no love like your love. Jesus, I return to you with a whole heart and with a whole passion. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you.